Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at when we focus on this market trade today. Uh, corn, we're able to see a turn higher. That happened towards the close. Beans, yeah, you didn't see it wrong. At and above the $9 mark, along with food inflation and a lot more interesting things happening within the trade. So we're going to talk with Sue Martin. She's with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And Sue, we got to talk soybeans to start out with at and above nine dollars a good way to end a thursday trade well it is um first off u.s soybeans are are cheaply priced compared to south american and of course south american farmers uh brazilian farmers are pretty aggressively sold for new crop 2021 um uh, bean production already well ahead of a year ago and even ahead of the five-year average but I think it's a combination of several things. One, we continue to see um, Chinese buying almost every day, and I think that's going to continue. Uh, China desperately needs everything. They have 10% um, inflation, food inflation in June. They've added another estimated 10% again this month. You've got uh, hog prices, record high. Um, in China, so they they are truly in need of everything, and the weather hasn't been the most ideal. They have the fall armyworm in the northeast. They have uh, flooding along the Yangtze River basin, and then the Yellow River now is also flooding, and so they are desperately in need of uh, food, and they've been holding auctions of rice and wheat because the auctions on corn were selling out very quickly, and uh, they now have started holding auctions on rice and wheat in hopes of trying to kind of hold the price down a little bit for feed uh, needs. But bottom line is, um, when they are trying to do this, uh, another thing they could be doing is pulling out of their reserves, getting rid of less quality uh, grain, selling it out, selling it at much higher prices than what we are, and then turning around and able to come into the U.S., fulfill their phase uh, one agreement or work on it, and yet do so at extremely cheap prices when you have the U.S. dollar coming down not far from the lows that we had off of when COVID uh, struck back in March. And so you've got the Brazilian real at a stronger level. You've got the yen, uh, the Chinese yuan, uh, at a much better level versus the dollar, they're getting a bargain. I mean, it's like a basement bargain. And they'll, they'll keep, my attitude is they're going to keep in our market for, for some time yet. I lost my microphone there for a second. Anyone, uh, likes a deal out there on the trade. And, and this is a perfect example, uh, of being able to, to buy and sell this market at their own negotiated ways. Well, it is. And, uh, we note that, um, uh, today in export sales for the week ending July 16th, you know, there was 100 million bushels sold um, on the export sales, of which 77 million bushels of that went to China. And so we're seeing sales increase. And then uh, we had 23 million bushels sold for wheat, uh, soft red wheat which is Chicago wheat, although that didn't seem to affect the market. Uh, any wheat was lower on the day. But soft red wheat, um, basically there was two cargoes in the past day or so rumored having been sold to China, and that showed up today in that uh, uh, weekly export number. So, you know, soybean sales uh, pretty decent, especially 
in the uh, new crop again, the 2020-2021 uh, crop year, but that's um, expected, and it was quite large, you know, 62 million bushels out of 98 million bushels going to China. The the corn side of it, though, when it comes to exports, has been on the softer side. Do we see, I mean, at least on the old crops, some strong numbers for new. Is this trend going to continue for them? I think so. I think China will be taking more corn, uh, especially when their prices are so high. And once they start getting, you know, Beijing's on the same kind of longitude, latitude that we have Chicago, Illinois at. And so when you look at the crops and what they're dealing with over there, um, I think that the timing of their crops is so similar. I think we're going to be watching to see just how well production really takes a hold over there. I think they're a little concerned as well. And I think that um, as we move through the rest of this crop, which is only, you know, once we hit August, we only have one more month left of this 2019-20 crop year. Then we're into the new year. Now, I will say a little bit off the record, but um, or the path, but um, it's a lot of traders keep talking that they believe that WASD is overstating ethanol usage, and that that may be brought down as we go into the August report. Mainly, be- and boy, in September, then you start getting your quarterly stocks report again, and it's thought that they'll, you know, be ramping up our our carryouts because they'll probably drop it could be as much as 200 million bushels down so we'll see that's that's anticipation um and that kind of nags on the corn market a little bit also the fact that farmers still have a fair amount of corn to move and haven't done it yet um as everybody in quandary but what are they noticing well it looks like they're going to make it through pollination in okay uh status so i think um when I look at the corn market, it's very disappointing. I had thought we'd do better here in July. We did have a rally, and I've never thought that this would be a streaking type of a year. It's a work in progress, so a step at a time type of market. Those aren't as much fun. Um, but if you look across the board, many markets are like this. you know. And it might just be this negative atmosphere that we're dealing with between politics, COVID-19, and, and then dealing with China and the tenuous relationship that seems like we have right now with China. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to, to look at as we continue with the second half. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrid. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Sue Martin of Ag and Investment. Let's talk a little food inflation because we know, folks, as, as things are shutting down once again in different spots in the nation, we don't want to have to hear the word inflation and food tied back together, Sue. Well, that is true. The um, at, You know, it's interesting. We're seeing the um, hog market trying to push and it's already met on a wave count basis, wave one. And so, you know, 53.80 is another target for the October contract. Um, but when you look at um, the cold storage report that came out here this week, it, w- it showed uh, supplies of pork down and uh, pretty decently, about almost 25% from where they were a year ago at this time. And it's part of it's tied back to COVID and the Packers having, 
you know, issues with the uh, virus and trying to process as many hogs as they could. But the other thing is, is I think it's rather interesting that we're down that much because, yes, people were buying as much as they could when we were in the, the throes of, of COVID and, um, you know, back in April and May. But, you know, now you've got your restaurants and some have opened. Now some are being shut back down. And so we're up for grabs there. But I think the demand for meat is very good. And even though our um, situation with um, the economy maybe up in the air, what have you, part of the country opening up, part of it not, part of it closing back down. But when people are at home, they're eating. And when people are under stress, what do they like to do? They either drink or they eat. Hopefully, I don't know which one's better. You know, but, <laughs> but it depends on what you're drinking, I guess. But um, I, I just think that the demand for meat is good. And, you know, one thing through this hog industry, which is a little frustrating, but I know we have to have trade, but in Canada, barrels and gilts that were coming into the U.S. for processing up 19% from a year ago through March and April. That, and into May, that was 19%. That's a bunch. And, you know, and here we are listening to our producers having to maybe euthanize hogs and what have you, and I'm thinking, really? Somehow this just doesn't seem right. But I know we have to have trade, but it doesn't seem right. Well, and it seems that the talk of what's come out of Canada and even what's come out of Mexico, we haven't heard a lot of discussion in the market trade. No, we really have not. And I will say that, um, you know, when we look at, you know, demand and the weekly export sales are are so important for us to kind of keep a handle on what's being sold to China. You know, I go back and I and and I've talked about this before over time that I feel like we're back in the early 70s when we had Russia coming in and cleaning us out. It was at a time when Earl Butts was our Secretary of Agriculture and he um, was basically taking the government out of the grain business and they were getting rid of all these grain bin sites that they have around the Midwest and the countryside and you know at the time, corn prices were just dirt cheap. It looked like we had abundant supplies, and Russia came in and sort of swept us out. Now we're in a situation again where we have abundant supplies or what's thought to be abundant supplies, and here's China, you know, with such an insatiable appetite and coming in, and it's like our currency's dirt low, and it was back when Russia was coming in, and our prices, our grain prices, are just horribly cheap. We are in year eight of a congestion. That's a huge base that's building under this market. And my take is that at the end of this story is going to be some pretty good inflationary moves and the realization all of a sudden that maybe our stocks aren't as great as what everybody thinks. It may take us into getting into next year, you know, looking at towards April or something next spring. Uh, But I have a feeling we're going to see the backside of this and it'll be a similar story as what we've seen back in when Russia was in our markets back in the early 70s called the Great Grain Robbery. I have a feeling we're looking at one that's going to really make that one look small. And as folks look back and compare history, hopefully history doesn't repeat itself in something like this. 
Well, exactly. The only thing is, if this is what it takes to get our prices going, so be it. Uh, the only problem is it's an inflationary move, and uh, when we start doing this and all the money that's been printed, uh, I just have a feeling we're looking at some pretty good inflationary moves coming at us here, and prices go higher, but along with it, so does farmers' expenses. Yeah, very much so. What is the best way for folks to reach you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's been joining us on this Thursday. Just a reminder that commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Battle brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for your podcast, and it's on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.